You're listening to a special edition of the Audio Fanfic Podcast. In this week's episode, Kristen, Annie, and Rachel discuss their top three Emily fics, as well as provide their latest installment of Dope Ass Rex. Okay. All right. Emily. Emily. A whole nother kind of virus. Uh All right. Oh, that's so wow. Well, that's the way to start the the podcast, huh? I'm totally getting whatever. Fuck it. I'm not going to edit that out. Rachel whined a bit. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of God damn it. I just need to edit this pod, this, this document. Every Please do. Time. I do. Welcome to another episode of AFP top three. That's just what we're going to go with. I like it. From the Audio Fanfic Podcast, I am Rachel. I'm Kristen. I'm Annie. And we already did our cat chat 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 kit fucking whatever. (laughs) I'm going to drink some water. How's everyone doing tonight? (laughs) I'm clearly well. (laughs) I'm good. How are you, Annie? I'm okay. Busier than... I have been in a very long time. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, actually, the the sad part is I really only get to read fic when I'm preparing for a podcast. Isn't that Mm. sad? It It is is sad. I tried to read the end of North of Zero Mm. and then got completely sidetracked. However, oh, and I feel like I'm commandeering this whole conversation. I'm almost done with my X-Files rewatch. Wow. Nice. That's because of COVID. Yeah. I went through all of season nine in like two days. <laughs> well, or that's three fair. days. Two you days. gotta get that shit over with. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry. <laughs> mm. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. I mean, the mythology stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of it are awful. Yes. That is a subjective opinion. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> yep. I'm just like diving into the murky areas. That's what we do here. Um, what are we talking about today, guys? Today, Gals, people. We actually had this one scheduled sometime last year, and we put it off, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. We're supposed we, to see the end. I don't remember season. that far back. Yeah, yeah. a long time ago. Um, we are discussing our top three Emily fix. And I have a prediction. I do too. Yeah, it's probably the same prediction. I predict probably. that if it's not the first one on everyone's list, I guarantee that we all have the same one. I tried to go rogue. Yeah. I stayed there, away from the ones. I that, didn't even care. I picked the I didn't even one. care. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't See, care. See, that's not fair. Why were we not able to do that? With um, what you might call it, the undercover one, but we we could do it for this. I have an answer to that. Yeah, because there are a lot of undercover fix. It is like there's a lot of undercover fake dating. Like it's just a really broad thing. I I just don't feel like there are really that many Emily fix. I feel like between my list that between my top three and my honorable mentions, three of them. Maybe four will appear on your guys's list. I could this be wrong. My list again. I could be wrong though. This is going to be interesting. I just and don't think so. But then there's also a couple of them that I'm pretty sure you guys don't have on your list. So see, that's the same with me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you guys have any of mine on your list, but maybe you'll surprise me. You oh, that's do. not true. I do have one that's one of mine. I think is on yours, Annie. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I could be wrong. The we'll intrigue, see. man. We'll, we'll, intrigue. we'll check in at the end and see what we this thought. This is too much teasing. So let's just dive in. I didn't even this remember too much teasing. Who's going first today? I can. You go know first. me and my alphabets. <laughs> I am very used to being first in the alphabet, so it's cool. <laughs> Not a big deal. Annie, what is your Emily number three? My number three is close to knowing 
by, I don't know if it's an O or a zero, six, 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 six. It's an O. Does anybody else have that on their it's list? It's a lowercase O. I don't have it on my it's list, but it is okay. an O. Okay, cool. Uh, and that one is teen. It's rated teen. Um 8,831 words. Um, and it's an AU where Emily is abducted. Oh, I almost said abducted, adopted by Scully. And Mulder is kind of in the picture, not kind of, he's definitely in the picture helping to take care of her. And it's very sweet and very not my style, but something about that first chapter sucked me in. I do not know why. So I I think it reminded me of my daughter. So Mm -hmm. they are at Emily's school and she's brought Mulder to show and tell. Oh, and she's giving up. She's giving away like way too much information talking about him. It's so stinking cute. But so I would say that the story doesn't have a narrative exactly. It's more like a collection of scenes um, of their life together. And it's technically a work in progress. So I do feel a little guilty recommending it. However, because there's no narrative, I don't feel like you're really missing out on something. It's not like there's no conclusion. It's just you're kind of waiting for the next scene. And so it's still really cute. Anyway, totally not my style, but this first opening chapter, right? Um, Emily is standing up in front of the class. This is my quote I'm setting up here. And she says, anyway, Emily smiles at her increasingly humiliated subjects, um, Mulder and Scully. She remembers what Dana told her about Mulder on the first day they met. Mulder is the best because he will always help you and support you no matter what, even if it's really hard and it takes a lot of effort. There are fair fair weather friends and all the time friends, and Mulder is my best friend all the time. Emily looks around. So if you ever have a problem, you can call him, and his phone number is (laughs) 703-555-6316. All the grownups laugh. Now, let me tell you, when we went to the library and Stella gave a man our address, our phone number (laughs) and a lot and like where we went, where she went to school. And I was like, Oh my God, please stop talking. He was cool. Not a weird guy. He was there like educating, instructing the the kids with something, but I was like, Oh my God, this is exactly what kids are like. They will give away all your personal information to random strangers. And so I, I really connected with this story. Like it just got to me on a, on a very personal level. Um, and that, oh, Diana is also in this, Mm. not a major role, but like, you know, darkest timeline, major props for including Diana. (laughs) Um, yeah. So that's my number three and Kristen. My number three is five years in a lifetime by Monica file fan and slip and Mickey's. Um, it was from the alternate universe fanfic exchange from 2021. And in it, uh, Scully is at a medical conference. She runs into one Fox Mulder. They share one night together. She goes home, finds out she's pregnant, thinks it's Ethan's baby who she had just broken up with. And then five years later, Mulder gets transferred to the hospital. They start becoming close. She starts realizing how much Emily, because in this, Emily is, you know, her actual daughter, um, and she realizes how much Emily resembles Mulder and acts like Mulder. And lo and behold, it is his baby. Um, so it's a, re- and so we're good. Like AUs with Emily are cool. I should have probably asked that beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. I think most of, not most of them, but yeah. like so many yeah. of them are, are AUs. Yeah. Okay. It was only yeah. in it like, it's true. I mean, it's just, it's a total AU because they're both doctors. There's no FBI or anything. <laughs> Um, so my quote I have, um, so it's near the beginning. It's after they've, um, had their one night stand, um, and she wakes up in the morning. She finds the other side empty and cold. He's gone. Just like he said he would be. She recalls 
there were to be no numbers exchanged, no false promises made. They'd agreed they'd leave the conference with the comfort of a few hours stolen in arms of someone else who also knows what this life can be like, who makes them feel complete in a way they never knew they could. She sweeps two fingers under her eyes, blinks away the blur. She doesn't do this, doesn't do what her sister calls a one-and-done arrangement. She doesn't act rashly. She doesn't smoke and drink like a fish, doesn't bring a man she's known for mere hours into her bed, strip him bare, and come for him when he asks. So it's really good. And I like, I really like how Emily is in it. And it's a really sweet story. And I kind of like sweet Emily stories. Uh, Emily's story is the only sweet story. <laughs> no, and it's just, it's really oh. like, I mean, it's really, I like how it plays out with her slowly coming to the realization that Emily is Mulder's baby. Because mm-hmm. like in it, Ethan... Ethan didn't care about the baby and Ethan left and just wanted nothing mm-hmm. to do with the baby. And so that's my number three. Also, can we just add that that one is like really sexy? It is really sexy. It's a sexy fic. So you get Emily and you get sexiness. And can I very sadly admit that I haven't oh. read it? Well, oh, and I should have said Don't it's rated explicit. Me. I mean, if you didn't pick up on that, it's rated explicit. Did you say and don't tell Casey? Yeah, I totally said don't tell Casey. It's, it's also the one I'm or like Monica. halfway through recording. I haven't read it. It's the one mm-hmm. I'm halfway through recording and I'm not going to get it done before Thursday. So it's going to have to come out later. Okay. that's. Fine. I tried. I tried really hard. But how long is it again? It's six chapters, but it's 37K. Each chapter is like. Damn, ladies. Really long. long. It's a real the chapter. Like I got when I did chapter one and got it edited. It was still an hour like edited. Wow. So, so, all right. That's my number three, five years and a lifetime. Awesome. So my number three could be a darkest timeline, but it's short. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Annie likes this one too, because I think this is the one that we both kind of recorded. So my number three is Hick Yasset by Loja Vergata. Oh. It is super short. It is 1K on AO3. And it is, I mean, it's not a cheat. It's an Emily fic, but it's like a post. Emily's dead. And Mm -hmm. that's a really horrible way to intro this. (laughs) Let me start over. (laughs) So this is a depressing and darkest timeline material. Um, So the story opens on Scully, who is in the middle of this horrible case which you don't really get a lot of backstory. This is really just kind of like a little slice of life, but there's this case and she's doing autopsies on these little girls. And this is not too long after, you know, after Emily, Um, but she is, she's alone in the morgue. She's, she's doing these autopsies and she's thinking through her process, trying to keep herself away from thinking of what she's actually what's in her brain, because these kids are about the same size and the same age as Emily. And, you know, so she is just kind of, she's, you know, she's thinking about that. She's thinking about, you know, how Mulder thinks that she's handling things and, you know, how they remind her of Emily and just how, you know, she feels like she's losing something that, was never really hers to lose. And um, it's super depressing. (laughs) It really is. But I mean, it's short and it is, I mean, it's like a sucker punch to like the solar plexus. You're just like, Oh shit. But it makes you feel, and you know, it's necessary. And I have a quote and I don't think it's that depressing. Maybe (laughs) sort of. So she is, yeah, this is just mid-autopsy, just Scully's thoughts. Um, Emily hadn't known in the end, not really. And Scully reminds herself that the dead are not the dying. She hadn't known what to do in any case, how to comfort a strange girl with a strange disease. She did not love Emily, but she loved the idea of her. Scully believes Mulder has ideas that he loves as well and that she is a part of them. He sees a tenderness in her that she does not believe exists, 
and she is afraid of what may happen between them should he discover this particular truth. She is aware of her own complicity, of resenting his idealization, while also striving to live up to it. She wants to be worthy of his pedestal. What will he think if she doesn't shatter? What will he think if this doesn't hurt? She knows her reputation and wishes her colleagues could see what the world is like when one is 5'3 and doe-eyed, armed with a sig and an intellect. She wishes they knew where she fought her hardest battles. But yeah, just a lot of introspection, just a lot of relating, you know, where she's at in her life and kind of it's that whole like coming to terms with like, Mm-hmm. This is what I expected from my life. This is what my life is now. And how is there ever going to be a way to marry the two? Um, yeah. So go get depressed a little <laughs> more a good one. than you already are. It is good. It's a Loja Vergata. I mean, yeah. I mean, that could be a whole Darkest Timeline episode. It's just yeah. her work. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but it's so good. <laughs> All right. Um, Annie, what is your number two? Um, that's a really good one, Rachel, by the way. I really like that story. Me too. Really, really good. Um, yeah. So my number two is called Past Midnight by Skulls from the Half-Light Universe series. Yes which admittedly I have not read, but I read this story and it was so different from any other Emily Fick. Is this on your list? It's not on my list, but it's a good one. Yeah. You see, I really stretched this time. (laughs) Like I'm not going to get the same fix that you guys have. Um, So yeah, I discovered this one fairly late in the game. Um, And it's only 573 words, general audience. And like I was saying, it's, it's so different from any other Emily fic that I've read. And I, huge points for that. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. like so many of them are like the first one that I picked out, which is like, you know, Mulder and Scully and Emily become a family. How do Mulder and Scully get together? And it's all really cute. Obviously, it's very sweet, but I was like, oh, that's an interesting uh, look at things. And so basically in this one, William is sneaking down the hall at night um, for a, what's it called? A midnight snack. Gosh, blanked on that word. Um, For a, a late night snack, his mom Scully is upstairs pregnant with a baby. He doesn't want to wake her. He's tiptoeing around when he sees an apparition who is Emily. He, I think he like stubbed his toe or something. I don't know. Something happened and he said, hell. And she's like, oh, you can't say that word. It's a bad word. And um, anyway, from there, they go to have a conversation. Um, They talk about how she really wants, uh, Emily really wants to see Scully, but how it would make Scully sad to see her 573 words. I'm not even going to pick out a, a quote from it. Cause I there's like, it's just so short already, but very, very cool idea. And, um, it just kind of like, I never thought about it. Like what if William could also see ghosts the way Scully does. And what if he met his sister who is no longer with him? So I don't know. That's it. It's really short and sweet. There's not a lot to say about the story. Um, it's it's also, you know, kind of angsty, given that she's dead and all. But yeah. Given that she's dead. Cool. Kristen. I haven't read that one. So my number two, um, could also be darkest timeline material. It's called Leaving. It's by Admiram on Gossamer. It is 700 words. It's rated teen and up. And I also like yours, Annie. I liked that it was different because you're reading it and you're reading this fic and it's from a woman's perspective and you're assuming it's from Scully's perspective about you know, watching your child lying there and the child's sick and, you know, why are these men hurting my child? 
and saying like, you know, I don't know how much longer I can go on with her suffering. And it even talks about, you know, all it would take is one hand over her nose and lips to end it, which is pretty dark and a dark place to be in and not wanting to watch her suffer. But then you get to the end and you realize it's not Scully. It's Roberta Sim talking about her daughter. And it's Roberta Sim in the bathtub trying to decide if she can go on and then realizing she can't and killing herself. And, you know, apologizing and, you know, you hear like it has it run where you hear Emily screaming mommy and her husband saying, what the hell did you do, Roberta? And then just like says submersion, like at the end, that's gone to like nothing. Um, I picked one just like little line quote, just because it's so short. Um, Whom can I trust when the world conspires to harm my child? She's not an experiment, not a lab animal. She is small and pink and very, very vulnerable. She is mine. Um, but it was just, it was so sad because she's also in her head, like saying, you know, if anyone can hear me, take care of my child. Don't let them hurt my child. And um, I like that it was different. That it was from Roberta's perspective instead of Scully's perspective, because we don't hear a lot from Emily's birth mother's perspective. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. So that is my number two. It's very short, mm-hmm. but very good. And it was an author I didn't know. And Okay. Okay. My number two is Arizona Highways by Fialka. That's a good one. It is. It is 128,000 words. Um, I think currently it's on Whispers of X and you can get it mm-hmm. in various other random places. <laughs> um the story took over my whole life. Like I, I was editing it to make it into a book and I don't even know how it happened. I just, I just stopped my life and I didn't do, I think I got three hours of sleep that night. And like, wow, it was, I think I like, I started reading it. I think it was like a Friday night or something after work. Um, And then I like, I kept reading it until like three in the morning and then I went to sleep for like three hours and then I woke up and I didn't have to get up, but I did. And I just kept reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it until I stopped sometime on Saturday. And it was just insanity. Um, Couldn't stop. But it's because it's not just like, I mean, there is a fucking lot going on in this fic. Mm -hmm. Like it's insane. So um, Scully and Mulder get sent on this case of a missing girl um, in Arizona and they discover on the way there like I feel like they're kind of fight like fighting or something or they're just not in like a good happy place oh because she was just sick and so they discover on the way there that this missing girl looks just like Emily and in the midst of all of this, you know, Scully is like hallucinating. No, she's not Um, her sister. And there, uh, there are other missing girls that look just like Emily. And it's like this whole damn host of them. I think there's like five or something. This whole thing is a spoiler alert, by the way. But there's like this crazy, like hugely sinister plot that kind of like goes a little more into the actual backstory of the mythology of Emily. And, you know, there's like one control girl sort of who's like being used to treat all of these other ones. So it's kind of about Emily, but it's not about Emily, but she's in it. But I can't tell you that because it totally just. Yeah. Anyways. All kinds of stuff. But you get to meet some new characters and you get, you know, plenty of MSR. I think it's kind of like more of a slow burn because they mm-hmm. are, they don't, you know, they, they don't start it in a good place. Um, and there's a lot of like desperation when things get like super dicey and you think that like they're never going to see each other again. And it's just a lot. But yeah, but like the, the amount of MSR in there really honestly 
didn't even matter to me. And I know like there's plenty of it. So if that's your deal, like read it, but they literally could have just been partners and like, I would have read it anyways, because it was just that good because I just, I just had to fucking find out how it was going to end because it was, yeah, it was good. Um, I immediately ordered a book. (laughs) Um, of course. And, um, yeah, no, everyone should read it just because, because it's amazing. And everyone had talked about it for like months and months and months Mm -hmm. and months. And I was just like, Oh my God, but it's too long. And well, then it took over my life. So here we are. The only, I have a bunch of just like random quotes that I highlighted because I read it in my Kindle app, but I'm only going to share one of them and it has nothing to do with Emily. So it's whatever. Nobody said that they have to be about Emily. Um, <laughs> no, this is like straight MSR. So there's, you get Kresge in this fic. He's mm-hmm. like this main part because they're in the area and he like is kind of helping them sort of. Um, and him and Scully kind of, you know, they're not together. Like they, he, they both kind of want to be, and you think that something might happen. And Mulder's like super hella jealous and kind of coming to terms with the fact that he thinks that he is jealous and like what that means. And so she's been spending a bit of time with Kresge and it's making him just kind of whatever. And he's like starting to notice things about her and things that only he knows things that nobody else knows because they don't know her like he does. So this is internal molder, basically. Um, up close like this, he could see how much makeup she'd put on that morning. It gave her skin a papery cast, the tiny lines around her eyes catching powder, and something else, something that looked like rubbed-off mascara. He wanted to take her home and wash her face, wash it back to freckles and sunburn, the scully that only he was allowed to know. So... Totally not related to anything, but it's I love good. it. It's I remember so- that quote and I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I'm Arizona pretty sure I screenshotted so it and like shared it on probably when I, I went, was reading it. I went back and forth on Arizona highways on my list, like literally up until we started recording. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really like about it is how it's Scully coming to terms and processing mm-hmm. all of her trauma, which is so necessary. Yes. So necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, of course she's going to like be confused and not be sure what to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, she has to go on, not an adventure on some sort of, you know, journey, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is it. Yeah. I love the story. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And I have an imprint. Sorry. <laughs> I have everything in print. It's ridiculous. You really do. <laughs> I have half of my half of my list today in print in some form. Do you? Wow. I do. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. And I just got more today. Today was a haul, but it was all SVU stuff. Anyways, oh, okay. neither here nor there. That is not Emily. No, it is not. No, it is not. Emily has no place in there. Annie, what is your number one? My number one is depressing as fuck. Oh, Oh my God. Nice. Good. Love it. I'm genuinely curious if either one of you has this on your list, but it is called Alabaster Stone by Aloysia Vergata. Oh, I know that. Fuck. But it's not on my list, but I know it. Why are we fucking? (laughs) <laughs> i love the way you said that sorry because i forgot i knew there was another one i was like i know there's another one i couldn't figure it out yes please yeah this one Ooh, this one's rough like i knew when we started doing this i knew it was going to be my number one i knew it wasn't going to be some like it's so sweet it hurts your teeth thick it was not going to be that <laughs> I knew it immediately. And it's again, like the other, the other Aloysia Vergata fic that was mentioned. This one is very introspective. It's Scully 
in the last moments of Emily's life. However, more specifically, it is the it, it, it is Scully making the decision to terminate that life and not actually telling the doctors about it. She just kind of does it on her own. And it's sad and I like, oh yeah, I obviously it's sad. I, that's, that's a stupid thing to say. Um, I, there, it's not very plot heavy. I, I feel like I haven't chosen very plot heavy ones. And so I don't have a lot to add. A lot of mine is just more like emotion and, <laughs> um, you know, introspection. And so that makes it hard to, uh, describe, I guess, but she kind of goes through it in her head. Like, you know, she begged Mulder to help her. And she thought that if he could convince the judges to let her adopt Emily, then everything would be okay. Anyway, it didn't work out that way. Emily's just not meant to be. And I'm trying to think which of the quotes to pick because it's pretty short. I guess I'll go with this one. It's a little shorter. She pulls her finger from her sleeve and runs one over Emily's round cheek. She imagines her in a room with white walls like the ones she won't let herself remember, going through puberty, having her ova harvested, and remaining all the while in this ghastly condition. She concluded that a soul capable of leaving a three-year-old girl to such a fate is not a soul worth worrying about, meaning her own, that Mm -hmm. she is able, you know, she won't let Emily endure that. And so she's going to take her life and uh, it, yeah. And then it has Scully go through the process and describes, you know, her unhooking Emily from all the, not devices, (laughs) um, from all the, the machines Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Death. Super, super happy. Yeah. (laughs) Calling darkest timeline. Hmm. Quite. We should. We should just pick some of her like deepest and darkest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should. I want to be in on that one. Okay. Yeah. I want to do a guest spot because she does. She just like fucks you up. It's mm-hmm. like the. Oh. Are any of her fix happy? <laughs> I mean, Petricorn. Sort of. I mean, it's not happy, but it's not. I mean, it ends in a good place. But it's not super depressing. You're murdering a child. There there are quite a few that are not super depressing. There are quite a few that are just that actually end up happy. Sort of. Sort of. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rifle through her stuff. No, and I think the what the reason that the sad ones resonate with me is because I'm a sick fuck, and that's what I like. And so I'm. I'm sure I've read like super sexy, super happy. Not maybe not super happy, but like happier ones. And I'm. They're Mm -hmm. just not coming to mind. Mm -hmm. I can't. I have issues of any happy ones. You can't think of any. No. Um, You're sick fuck too, though. <laughs> You're with me. I mean, not judging by like what my number one is, but you know. Ooh, sometimes. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't believe whatever. I have no idea. What is your number one? I think it's probably maybe Rachel's number one also. Yeah, I bet it probably is. Okay. Nobody has um, said it yet. So I went with All That is Dark and Bright by Malibu Thank Sunset. You. <laughs> yeah. So I I really I tried not to put it on my list, but then I reread it and then I had to put it on my list because it's just so good. Like it's just so perfect in mm-hmm. every way. And um, so it's 103 K almost. Yeah. Uh, rated mature. Um, it's also really sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a I don't slow know. fucking burn though. It's a very slow burn and it, <laughs> 
And it also deals, I mean, their lack of communication in the beginning is just so classic Mulder and Scully. Um, You know, they get married without talking about anything. They're living as man and wife without talking about anything. Um, You know, and, and he's doing it. Yes. So she can adopt Emily, but he also loves her and she loves him. And Mm-hmm. I love like you have Marita come into play and Scully thinks Mulder is having an affair with Marita and Oof. which that, that scene true. is so great with the shirt. Yes. Um, but great. I don't know. What Thanks. do you have to say, Rachel? Um, <clears throat> I have to say that this is the literal greatest Emily fic that ever walked the planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, no. as far as like long Emily fix go, yes. yes, yes, yes. I mean, there are definite shorter Emily fix that are excellent. Like yes. um, this is like this is the the literal greatest plot heavy mm-hmm. Emily fix. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's better than. I mean, as much as I as much as I call Arizona Highways an Emily fix, it it's mm-hmm. not. Really? I mean, it kind of is. And and she is featured, but it's not about Emily. And it's, that's where I went with Arizona Highways, where it was on my yeah. list. Then it moved to my honorable mentions. Then it just came off my list. Yeah. So, yeah. So this would be the greatest about Emily. But yeah. So, I mean, Scully's going to lose custody um, mm-hmm. because Molly Sim has this, you know, super, you know, good, wholesome stock <laughs> sister. <laughs> And Scully's desperate and mm-hmm. Mulder says, you know, sure, let's get married. And it takes her like 12 minutes to like actually get to the point of just sheer desperation where she's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's do this. But they have to stay around San Diego and they're living in a hotel because they have to like create this environment um, for the judge, for the courts. Mm-hmm. And they have like visits and it's just, it's a lot, but Mulder's having to go back and forth to work. and. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, let's see, um, there's no sex. I mean, there is sex eventually and it's fucking incredible, but it, um, it's but pretty far into it. It's like chapter 13. At it, yeah, yeah. At least because mm. hang on, where am I at in here? Because the, yeah, no, it's, I think it's somewhere around chapter 13, <laughs> But the payoff is so worth it. But yeah, no, but it's so much of a slow burn that like it almost hurts, but it's so good. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're both like coming to terms with like, is this supposed to be an actual marriage? And Mm -hmm. do I want it to be an actual marriage? And, you know, all of those misunderstandings and lack of communication, like you said. Chapter 10 is the sex. It is. Okay. But yeah. But yeah, ten chapter ten out of fifteen. So yeah, you're got a ways to go, but you're not going to be but mad then, because they're shit. But you also also have a little bit of a case file in it because you have them working to find the cure for Emily and traveling. Yes. Um, Scully is a friend from college who helps develop the cure for Emily. Yeah, um, yeah. But and the gunmen are there. And, yes. Yeah. But the thing is, is like. For for an AU, like mm-hmm. I think that this one is just so plausible and mm-hmm. it's like yeah. compelling and yeah, I just think it's like the eaching of of Emily Fix and um anyone who it wants to write a plot heavy Emily Fix should use this as a barometer. Congratulations, <laughs> Malibu Sunset. You're fucking incredible. Do you have quotes? <laughs> um, I have one. Uh, just because it's long and there's so I know. So this is uh, Mulder has come back. Scully had gotten the shirt delivered at the door that he had left at Marita's because he had spilled wine on it. And she sent it out to the cleaners and then has it into his house. And Scully basically is being very passive aggressive, thinks he's cheating on her. And he says, how do, oh, sorry, uh, how can you think I'd cheat on you, Scully? You think this isn't a real marriage? You think I don't want you. There's something wild in his eyes that she's never seen before. It makes her breath catch and she feels something close to fear coursing through her veins. His hand sneaks around the back of her neck, his strong fingers pressing into her hair. Damn it, Scully. And it's actually really long and I could read the whole thing, but I won't read the whole page and a half of um, them grinding into the kitchen. That counter. scene is amazing. Um, 
And that has nothing to do with Emily, but it doesn't. It's okay. It doesn't. Emily is very centered in the plot and the plot she around, is. you know, Emily yeah. is why they get to, you know, get married and have sex. So exactly. Exactly. Um, I but have two is, quotes. Yeah. Mine are both sort of long. One of them is kind of a passage. The back of Scully's hand is touching Emily's forehead now, and she's wearing her physician face instead of her mother one fever. He instinctively rearranges the little blanket and stuffed animal from around Emily's small body to give her some air. She has thankfully been fever free since the night of their wedding. Scully's hand moves to the back of Emily's neck. I don't think so. I think she's just warm from laying on me. Can you carry her to bed? Emily is like a rag doll in Mulder's arms, and he turns his face into her hair and inhales. He never knew kids smelled so good. He never knew he could feel like this, like somebody's dad. She doesn't call him daddy, but she doesn't call Scully mommy either. She had a mom and dad once, and they're gone now. It's too soon. Maybe it will never happen, but he remains hopeful for Scully's sake. He knows what that one little word would mean to her. But for now, Mulder and Dana will do. And I probably shouldn't read this whole thing when I want to. So, <laughs> so Mulder and Scully are on the phone. And I don't even remember where we're at at this point. But it's he's he's been like going back and forth um, to D.C. and working like a case file over there and trying to track down, you know, clues and whatnot to for Emily's cure. Um, so it's a phone conversation. So it's really just a lot of dialogue. And he is just trying to reassure her. And he says, Emily is going to come is going to be coming home with us. There's no doubt in my mind. And there's something else I promised you too. We're going to find a cure for her. I don't care what we have to do or how long it takes. We won't stop looking until we have it. She's going to be a healthy little girl. And we're going to watch her grow up, Scully. I promised you that. I love you, she whispers, her breath catching on the end of the last word. It sounds like a hiccup, almost a sob. He can't even really be sure he's heard her right. But his eyes are wide open now, and he stopped breathing for a few seconds. And if he was a little drunk when he called her, he's dead sober now. He doesn't say anything. I'm sorry, she says softly. Mulder, I shouldn't have. Yes. He cuts in quickly. Yes, you should have. I'm tired. Because I love you, too. This time, it's her turn to be silent. I love you, too, he repeats steadily. You just caught me off guard. After a minute, he hears her huff out a quiet laugh. If only I'd known long ago that these were the magic words to shut you up, she teases. Amazing, isn't it? He smiles. Feel free to say it again, you know, whenever you want to shut me up. He can hear her smiling through the phone. I'll keep that in mind. They're just so cute. And there are so many moments <laughs> like that where they're just yeah. like, no, it's, it's really good. Oh, God. I love it. Anyways. I knew that one or both of you would pick it. And so I did not. <laughs> I was I free to roam the internet. I didn't roam that far. I didn't even roam to Gossamer, but, um, but now you're making me want to reread it. And I don't have that kind of time right now. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I still have five honorable mentions also. Jesus. Jesus. Woman. Oh my God. But they're short. They're all really short, pretty much, except one. One's really long, but <laughs> they're all short, except one. One's really long. <laughs> Annie, what are your honorable mentions? Oh, me. That's right. Um, my honorable mentions are Beach by Shalimar. Mm which is a point of view of Mulder and Scully dealing with the Emily situation, meaning the loss of Emily. And that one's a classic. Uh, Prince Charming by Auburn Phoenix. And that one's a really cutesy one where Emily sees Mulder and Scully together and calls Mulder um, Scully's Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. And hold on, I just lost it. Okay, there it is. Rocks in the Ocean by Skulls. Oh, that one's really good. Those are my three honorable mentions. I will say one of my honorable mentions I thought would make your list somewhere, Annie. Oh, I wonder if I overlooked something. Well, I had The Stability of Pain by Pieces of Scully is one of my honorable mentions. So close. I I was looking at it. I don't know why it didn't make my list. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Um. It's really short. It uh, deals with the night of Scully 
going over her grief over losing Emily and what possibly could have been for the two of them. Then I have The Power of Stevie Nicks by Daniel Without a D, which is super short. It's 300 words. Mulder and Scully are together. Um, He helps take care of Emily, obviously. And it's um, Mulder and Emily in a car riding to Maggie's house. And Stevie Nicks comes on the radio and Emily has questions. (laughs) It's really cute. Super short. I have Six Months by Mark Watney and Ensemble. Uh, 38K. It's a really interesting fic in which Scully and Emily have to go into hiding because of Emily being threatened and leave Mulder behind. It's It has a really good um, case file to it. I really liked it, which I'm not going to spoil. So why don't you go read it? All This Time by Banana Chef on AO3, uh, where Emily ends up at a summer camp where Mulder is a counselor and Emily starts to realize that Mulder used to be her mommy's friend and she starts playing matchmaker to get them back together. It almost has like that, like parent trap twist without the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fugue for the forgotten on Gossamer by frog doggy and crash. I kind of put this a little bit in with Arizona highways, which is part of why I dumped Arizona highways. Cause Emily is like dies in it like pretty early on. But they find another little girl who's just like Emily. And it's um, Scully basically stopping at nothing to get to this girl and to heal her and make her better since Emily has died. It's a long one, though. It is 72K. I kind of wish I had taken a still of me and Annie. (laughs) (laughs) facial. Why? Just our reaction to the name of the fic or the, the author. It was Frog just, Doggy or something. <laughs> Frog we Doggy like, and Crash is who it's by. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. one I found on Gossamer when I was searching. and um, But it's a really interesting story. And mm-hmm. it deal like Crychecks in it, the Smoky Man's in it. I mean, it's all your key players. And I mean, Scully kind of goes rogue trying to like get to this girl and heal this girl. Mm-hmm. So those are my honorable mentions. Cool. 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 Um, okay. So I have three. So my first one is, I'm not even going to say this, right. It's Itero. I don't, it, I think it's Itero um, by Humphrey writes um, on AO3. I don't know that. It is. I don't even know how the fuck I found it, but I mean, it was good. It is, it, it almost made my number three, but Elijah, um, who also comes up again in my honorable mentions. Um, anyways, it is, it is about 9k. Um, it is on AO3. It is like, it is basically the X-Files. It's not even the X-Files. It's, it's like MSR meets the family man. Um, something has happened to Scully and she wakes up and she is married to Mulder with like three kids. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so she is just kind of trying to find her bearings. She has no idea what the F's going on. And suddenly she's like the soccer mom sort of, which completely throws her off. And so she's just trying to, she's got to, you know, get used to Mulder and I read it so long ago that I quite honestly feel like I need to reread it. Cause I don't remember what happens at the end. I'm pretty sure that like she wakes up back in her body and then like goes and tries to make that life happen. Spoiler alert. Um, but no, it's, 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 it's good. It's interesting. And yeah, lots of kids. Um, Emily's in there and I, so they have like Will and Emily and there's like another Lily I think is the baby's name but yeah it, it's a lot of like domestic family stuff but there's that undercurrent of like this isn't my life what the fuck's going on and um, in keeping with my AV obsession I also have Under a Juniper Tree by Alosia Vergata which is another of those like about Emily, but not really Emily fix. Um, so it's basically set immediately after 
um, Emily's funeral, like within like a day or, or so. They're still in San Diego. They haven't flown home yet. And Mulder convinces Scully to go on a run. And it's really just little snippets into her mind and like how she's feeling or really just not feeling um, and how she's kind of trying to cope with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like, I mean, she, it, it ends with her just basically feeling despondent. Um, but yeah, so dark, painful, you know, all those things that we enjoy and a last minute add on um, by an author I've never heard of is unconventional by fight the futurisms on AO3. Right. I know um, it is three K it's a five times fic. Um, it's like f- uh, four times that, you know, Mulder Scully and Emily were domestic. And then one time they weren't, it is sort of shockingly fluffy kind of, but it's cute. And it says Dr. Who in it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, they, it's kind of like an AU where Emily's adopted and doesn't have anemia, but yeah, it's just like little snapshots into like a domestic life. And then there's one where like the guy, they come after her again um, in the end, but yeah, just little bits of like, you know, Mulder and how he kind of fits into their family and takes a part in her life. And it's cute. Yeah. So that's that. You guys have all given me Emily fix that I feel like I need to read now. <laughs> Damn it. This is the part we Hi, this is Kristen. And my dope ass rec for this week is part of Dana Scully 77's 100 Days of Fanfic. It's called You're a Virgin. How? It's rated explicit and it's on AO3. In this fic, Scully discovers that Mulder has never had a blowjob, and she sets about giving him one to, you know, convince him that he would enjoy them. It takes a little bit for Mulder to work up to the idea that Scully wants to give him a blowjob. The fic is really sexy. There's not a lot of plot to it other than, you know, smut, which we all love. But it's sexy, and it's hot, and it's sweet, and it's very Mulder and Scully. And you can tell that, you know, it's really something that clearly brings them together and it's really like them to jump from you know a to z with nothing in the middle um but it's fun and if you're looking for something sexy to read on you know one of these warm summer nights we're starting to have i definitely suggest dana scully 77s you're a virgin how Hi, everyone annie here and my dope ass rec for the week is paracelsus by proof rocks love And you can find this on AO3. I am sure most of you have already read this. It is such a strange, strange story. Um, In case you haven't read it, it's a historical AU taking place right after the Civil War. Dana Scully is a pregnant woman living in the South, and Mulder happens upon her when some men are bothering her. Attempted non-con. And I I really just don't know what to make of this story. I have kind of a love-hate relationship with it, as I do with so many of Proof Rock's stories. I don't know that Mulder comes off very well. I don't know. I know I'm really selling it, right? I don't know why Scully puts up with him. And yet it is so compelling. And... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand what it is that draws me to it. It's 189,000 words and I just could not stop reading it for four days. That is what I read and rated mature for anyone who is interested. I mean, there are sexy times, uh, but also Mulder's not always the nicest person to Scully. Essentially, Scully and Mulder get married and she just finds out a lot about him along the way. They barely know each other when they get married. As I said, she's pregnant with someone else's baby. Her husband has died at war and she's just kind of stuck. And being a mother without a husband 
or any woman without a husband in the 1860s was a terrible thing to have happened to you because you have no right to work. Um, or if you are working, you're not making a lot of money. Your child is a bastard child and you're just lucky if you can get by. A lot of women turn to prostitution as you see throughout the story. But Mulder lies to her and hides the truth from her constantly, which I guess is not that far off from the actual story. Um, you find out what happened to his wife, his son, um, his wife's sister. My God, just it's so much family drama, which, again, not all that different from the actual show. But I guess when you condense it down to not seven seasons, but 189,000 words, um, I don't know. It's it's a lot to swallow. And yet I could not stop reading it. It is a paradox and I highly recommend it. And it's weird and strange and beautiful. Like Proofrock will drop these moments of pure beauty and joy in the middle of all the drama and the lying and you're like oh they are good people and he really does love her despite the fact that he is lying to her and so on there's a lot that happens and I don't want to give away too many spoilers but yeah it's 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 a story I mean it's an adventure to go on I will say that and like I said not without its sexy times while most women back then did not most ladies were not supposed to enjoy sex dana scully is all sexy and wanton and you know the sex between them is great because it always is duh so if you're brave if you can stomach proof rock i do recommend this story and i'll say that it also deals a little bit with homosexuality which i thought was interesting obviously race since it takes place right after the Civil War. It has CSM, it has Crycheck, it has um, Mulder's mom and dad, and they actually have a good relationship. Um, the one thing that I will say that is missing from this is Diana Fowley, and that would have elevated the story for me because I particularly like Diana Fowley's stories, but it was still a very sick and twisted and delicious read, clearly, part of the darkest timeline over here. I strongly urge you to give it a chance. Hey, this is Rachel. After much deliberation, because I'm currently following like seven works in progress, uh, my dopest rec this week is The Boy on the Beach by Cecily Sass. It is roughly about 70,000 words. It is rated explicit um, and it's on AO3. It is an X-Files fic. It is a time travel fic. It is a Samantha fic. And it is a slow-ish sort of burn. By the time this drops, uh, the fic will be completed. I can't wait. And I, I can't say enough about it. The basic gist is this. Um, Mulder convinces Scully to meet up with this professor who is doing a sort of temporal time travel it's sort of like expanding memory to give vivid details of the past, but it turns out he's actually working on physical transference, aka actual time travel. And so 99 Scully ends up taking the place of 1973 Scully. November 1973 Scully, to be exact, if you see where this is headed. Um, so she travels to the vineyard to try to protect Samantha and thing tra things transpire. And she meets um, people. And Mulder in 1999 is scrambling for a way to find her post-brain surgery. And I have to say that knowing that this fic was being posted daily in the morning, um, it literally got me out of bed. Well, not out of bed, but it forced me to wake up enough to read it. It's so well written. It it was so just meticulously planned out. Um, the execution is excellent and everyone, everyone should give it a read. So go check it out. Um, the Boy on the Beach by Cecily Sass on AO3. If you like this and would like to contribute, 
you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.